a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. President Biden, in an address at the White House today, has called out OPEC, of course, the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries in the Middle East, for not pumping enough oil. And he called out big oil companies here in the United States for keeping prices high. But Utah Congressman John Curtis is taking issue with the president's words. And let's start with President Biden again uh, at a White House conversation today. This whole idea of what's going on with oil and fossil fuels in the short term, the long term impacts to the environment, impact to the economy, uh, impact to hardworking American families and to those especially that are struggling to make ends meet. How does it all add up? And again, it comes back to how do we do it? Who pays for it and why? So the president uh, says the director of his economic council has asked the chair of the Federal Trade Commission to investigate uh, any kind of illegal contact as it comes to this. Recently, we've seen the price that oil companies pay for a barrel of oil begin to fall. But the cost of gasoline is at the pump for more American people hasn't fallen. That's not what you'd expect in a competitive market. I want to make sure that nothing stands in the way of oil price declines leading to lower prices for consumers. All right, so uh, a little bit of a confusing mixed message coming from the president today. Uh, He went on uh, to say that he has a warning uh, for the OPEC nations. We also made clear to OPEC, the major oil exporting nations of the world, that the production cuts made during the pandemic should be reversed as the global economic as the global economy recovers in order to lower prices for consumers. Okay, so let's break this down just a little bit. Again, I don't care where you fall on the political spectrum. So first, the the president is blaming some of the American oil producers for not reducing price, uh, blaming them for some of those things, and then uh, he's telling the OPEC nations uh, that they need to increase production and increase the availability. Utah Congressman John Curtis, uh, just in the last hour, uh, tweeted this. He said, ah, so that's why President Biden banned federal land leasing in Utah. So we could, wait for it, ask Saudi Arabia to send the U.S. oil. Uh, and this is the part where I, I just can't wrap my head around why we continue to do this. Uh, we have enough and to spare when it comes to oil uh, and the ability and capacity uh, to do it and to do it better, to do it cleaner, to do it more efficiently, more effectively. But instead, uh, we keep getting more and more from Saudi Arabia and the OPEC nations. Uh, That doesn't make any sense to me. That doesn't make us independent. That makes us very dependent and very susceptible to price swings and uh, the whims of what's going on in the Middle East. 
It doesn't make sense. Uh, look no further than uh, our neighbors to the west in California. Uh, as you look at uh, what's happening there, particularly in uh, Kern County, uh, where which is really kind of the oil uh, capital of California, uh, recently Governor Newsom uh, signaled that he had uh, let a legislative decree uh, directed at state regulators to ban all forms of oil and gas well stimulation technology. So things like steam injection, uh, things that are really essential for oil and gas extraction in the state. And so one, you're going to shut down a, a complete industry that is well established uh, and well set there in the state of California. Uh, in fact, according to the Los Angeles Economic Development Corporation, uh, that the things that the governor has called for would threaten over 366,000 high-paying, largely blue-collar jobs, about half held by people of color. Another 3.9 million jobs, 16.5% of total state employment uh, are at risk from some of these policies. And so while some of these edicts coming from the governor's mansion in California uh, could really wipe out Kern County's blue-collar economy, they are literally turning around and happily importing oil from Saudi Arabia, which now supplies much of California's fossil fuel energy. And so to me, that's the that's the great dilemma of this. Now, we can talk about stewardship of the environment. We can talk about, uh, you know, all the things we need to do to to curb our dependence on fossil fuels and some of some of those energy sources. That's great. That's an important debate. That's an important conversation. And we know that's not happening overnight. Uh, we know that the, the need to have that energy source is going to continue for a while. Uh, and so why we are willing to be at the whims of OPEC and uh, many of those countries in the Middle East, when we have capacity and ability to do it better, cleaner, uh, more efficiently, and at a better cost to consumers, uh, is just a head-scratcher to me. Uh, do we feel better about ourselves if the oil comes out of the ground in Saudi Arabia than if it comes out of somewhere in the United States? That doesn't make sense to me. And I think what Congressman Curtis is is pointing out is that, look, you know, Utah has land available and the ability to pump it out, uh, but the administration has blocked it. And let's avoid the fake fight here. This is not this is not talking about putting an oil rig under delicate arch. Uh, that is not what this is in any way, shape or form. Uh, what Congressman Curtis is referring to is is some of the places, some of the land uh, that is in the middle of nowhere is not a destination spot for anybody, um, but can be an effective way, an efficient way, a more clean way uh, to actually do what we need to do for the short term and the midterm, I would say, uh, because, uh, again, we're not we're not shutting this off overnight. So it's going to take time. And so, yeah, we can have that conversation in terms of uh, the environment and, and how we do all that. We also got to figure out what let's make sure we uh, allow the humans to exist as well. Uh, and many of those, again, just looking at the California example, is we're, we're missing. If we're going to put uh, 366,000 high-paying blue-collar jobs out of the way uh, because of some policies that actually require 
the state not to produce its own energy, but to bring it in from Saudi Arabia. Uh, that, uh, that does not make a whole lot of sense to me. So we can talk about green energy, and we should pursue that, no question. And uh, we need to continue to, to make sure we can keep the economy and jobs and opportunity uh, and not have this impact the poor and the most vulnerable among us the most, as most of these things are. So how should we look at the problem of oil prices how should we look at these things? It's all dependent on your perspective in terms of whether you are at one extreme end or the other. Uh, I, I think it should be an all the above strategy and approach, uh, both to green energy and to climate and to stewardship of the land. And I firmly believe those are all compatible principles. They are not at odds. We can pursue green energy. We can have an all-the-above uh, strategy towards our energy needs. And we can make sure we do it in a way that's uh, responsible uh, and will be good for our children and our grandchildren as well. And so to me, this is one of those head-scratchers of why we would limit uh, our own ability to produce and be in control of our own energy production and why in the world are we calling on OPEC to solve the problem Yet again, that's not good for the country. It's not good for consumers. All right, we're going to step aside for bottom of the hour news. College sports realignment are changing all the time. Big talk about big football and big sports. Michael Benson from Coastal Carolina University is coming up next to talk about the surprising reason behind alignment. And it's not sports. Find out what it is coming up next. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.